This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available. But if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. Welcome back to Love Sport London. This is the Crystal Palace fan show. Miles Blumsome here, joined by the team from Back of the Nest, DR Kernaz and James Howard, talking all things Crystal Palace. 0208 70 20 558, of course, is our number here at Love Sport Radio. If you would like to get in touch with the show, give us a call. You can also send us a message on WhatsApp, 0208 70 20 558 or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Not a wonderful weekend for Crystal Palace. Uh, it's now one win in 11 after the 3 1 loss at Goodison Park against Everton. Um, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it's a results business and the result wasn't good enough. Yeah, and also the periods that we did have, um, we were a better team, it's, it was expected due to the fact that it, it always happens at some points of the game where you know one team has the upper hand and another team um, you know takes over. So overall, I don't know, it was just even going into the game, it feels weird now, I shouldn't be saying this, but I was, in, I was like, do I have to really watch this game? And that's how I feel about the situation. It's like I'm getting really, really bored of watching my team and I sound so entitled and I don't want to sound like that but it's just what it is it's just going into the game we expected the same thing no changes once again and the same outcome we haven't won a game in 2020 I don't know what a win feels like anymore and it's just getting so so boring yeah I think we're losing the excitement that we've had earlier in the season where we've played away from home We've created a number of chances. We've had Wilf and Andros that, uh, you know, brilliant on the counter-attack. And we had, uh, you know, a very, very solid defence. I think, you know, as everyone knows, we're the lowest scorers in the league, um, which is proves, proves that we're not a particularly entertaining side to watch. So I'm kind of with you a bit there on the boredom aspect. Um what can we do to improve it? I don't know. Uh, I think there's a long-term fix, maybe. But um, overall, the, the game was was overall was a bit disappointed because, mm. generally speaking, away from home, and I said this last week on the radio, I said we have been a bit too cautious at home. 
not so positive as I'd like to be, but we do tend to, it works pretty well away from home. We've been getting a lot of draws, but this result was, I didn't expect this, not a 3-1, um, maybe a, a one-all or a, or a, 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 a maybe a one-goal loss, mm. but... Um, yeah, it's a bit worrying. Do you think it's interesting that Hodgson set up exactly the same as he did for the previous home game against Sheffield United, considering that Palace are known to be better away from home? He just he doesn't change things about anymore. And like honestly, I I just don't know what to say about it. It's just, it feels like we're saying the same things over and over again because the same things do happen over and over again. Once again, we one nil. Okay, we lost one nil to Sheffield United. But there could have been some changes you could have made. You could have put on maybe Andros Townsend who didn't feature in a game. You could have you could have done something different. Just something to give the fans a bit of optimism and excitement going into the game. But when you look at the team sheet one hour before kickoff and you see the same thing over and over again for what? Now twenty games odd. It's just it's like we expect the same thing. If if you're going to keep failing on one thing and not changing it about, then what do you expect? A miracle to happen and all of a sudden all these players and your system to work. No, it doesn't work like that. This is real life. Yeah, it needs a bit of a shake up, to be honest. I mean, we said this last week, you know, or I said it, um, you know, Readerwald, he could have come back into mm. fullback position. He's been playing brilliantly. Um and he could have played PVA in the midfield on, on, on the left side of midfield and we would have had a much more attacking creative uh, creative much more attacking creative on that side of the field and then you had um, Max Meyer he could have started the game uh, Andros Townsend uh, you know some people were saying maybe he's not fit well if he's not fit why is he on the bench you know it's, it's, it's taking up a space it doesn't make sense so there's there's three players there that are proven premiership Premier League players um, so he could have shaken it up. He could have tried something different. But I think that's what frustrates us all is that he just seems to just plod along with the same old players and very, very rarely makes a change. Dio, who, who would you be taking out of the side at this point? Luka Milivojevic, 100%. That's I, big. That's yeah, big. He's a bit I, of a cult hero. Yeah, I've, I, I've said it. I've like, Give him chances, but... I, it's, it's not working. It's just not working. He had that suspension. He still came back and it's still the same thing. And I'm just sorry. I, once again, on on Saturday, I, he was he was the one that stood out for me. I just feel like his passes just wasn't connecting. And I'm not too sure what he actually brings to the side. And it comes to a point where you have Jairo Readabod, who was playing good at left back. And even at left back, he was making good passes. I'd rather have him in midfield in Luka Milivojevic's role until Luka switches about and actually... It starts to playing well, but right now he's not playing. Um, he's not playing as well as he should. Right. So you you're saying that the club captain, who I know that there were quite a few Palace fans who were saying they were looking forward to him coming back from his suspension because he had something different to the team. He normally does score goals, albeit penalties. Uh, you want him dropped for a centre back to fill in in a makeshift midfield role. Yeah, Jairo Reedward. I don't, I don't really see him as a centre-back. We've seen him play at central defensive midfield before where Luca plays. Um, I would be happy if he if he plays there. Um, I just Luca doesn't offer, offer nothing right now. And he hasn't been offering anything for a very, very long time. So why on earth is he still playing? That's how I see it, in all honesty. James, what do you think about that, this? Um, that's a big call. I didn't it's see that coming. It's a huge call. I didn't see that coming. And I personally wouldn't... Uh... I don't really want to pick out any player like that. Um, I think it's it's mostly down to the team as a whole not play, playing particularly well, and perhaps it's the, the manager's tactics. Um, you've got players like Wilf that's having to drop back a lot deeper. You've got very very defensive minded midfield players who you know they're not they're not creating enough. So it's 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 very difficult to to get the team going and counter attack when there are these players I, I mean I get your point we do need to bring in some more creative players in the midfield but I don't think it would be Luca that I would be dropping I would probably be looking at someone like McCarthy who I've consistently said hasn't been playing as well as I would have expected him to play over the, you know since he's come here he's had the odd decent game uh, and but again you know he was substituted I think he, if there's a weak, a weak, a weaker player in the midfield, I would suggest, and we need to change and bring on a more offensive type player. Then it would probably be more McCarthy than, than Luca for myself. That's a huge call, deal. It's a huge yeah. call. Yeah, I think I'd... you've taken everyone aback in the studio. <laughs> I've just that's how I see things. I've just had enough, and there's no point holding back and saying, you know what, it's working. He's he's not working in midfield. It hasn't been working for a while. 
had that suspension, had a bit of rest, still comes back, same outcome. Just enough. So... And, and it's not necessarily putting in a more attacking-minded midfielder because clean sheets have been a problem. No, no clean sheets in two months. Um, so you 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 need the barrier in midfield. So you're looking realistically, like you mentioned, Reid of old Kuyate can fill in in midfield as well. Um, the no clean sheets is a big issue. So you can't go and replace Milivojevic with a Max Meyer, can you? But that's the thing. We're having no clean sheets. But normally when you don't have clean sheets on the other end of the pitch, you are scoring goals, which we're not doing. So we can't keep clean sheets. We can't create chances, let alone score goals. It's like you're destined for relegation. And that's the way we're heading right now because we've talked about it all season long that we haven't really been focusing on relegation zone because we've been fine so far. However, when we're looking at it now, well, we're six points above the relegation zone. Let's Mm -hmm. be real. We're in a relegation battle all of a sudden. And it, it just happened instantly. It just happened just like that. And that's why we have to have some changes. So if you if you drop... I mean, if you drop a player like Luca and then put on a Kiate, then maybe it could work. But what I'm worried about more, in fact, is that is that before we were keeping clean sheets and now we're not doing that as well. So where do we head from now on? We've had excuses over recent months that we haven't got a strong enough side. We need we need more players in if people are injured. Well, you know, I'm looking at the who was on the bench at the weekend and, you know, you had Scott Down, a very good player, defensive player, Max Meyer, Kiate, Townsend and Riederwald, who is, has been player of the month uh, mm. for last month. You've got four or five really good players there on the bench. So I'm sorry, there's no excuse for not having players available to you. There was enough players there for either Roy to change things around, try a different tactic, uh, or you know, change things more quicker, maybe at half time. So I'm I'm at the stage where the excuses are running out for me. Yeah, with, with with Roy and his and the way he's setting up setting up our team, I'm thinking we've got a fairly fit side there. Uh, assuming that Townsend is fit because he was on the bench, so I'm just you know, like like Dr said, I'm I'm getting a bit bored of it all, and I'm thinking you can change things. You need to do it. He can't have been happy with Kuyati coming on for Ward with ten minutes to go. Then uh, he made a positive substitution. My he brought for McCarthy. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, this is different, and then. <laughs> It was too positive for it to actually happen. He had to do something crazy, which is Joel Ward, take off Joel Ward for Chaco Kiate, put James McArthur right back when we're 2-1 down. And you've got Townsend on the bench. Oh, it's just thinking about it. It's like, wh- why? Like, it, wh- We're trying to score goals. <laughs> We've already conceded two goals like as it is. We're, one, we're, we're goal down and we have to go ahead and score goals. Why bring on another defensive like Kiate I mean he's more box to box I get it but still it it makes no sense for sub subbing off Joel Ward I mean wouldn't you have said why not bring on Riederwald at left back and then and then you can push PVA to left midfield because he scores he scores goals doesn't he yeah something positive like that at least if you're, but there's Townsend on the bench there's like <laughs> it's not like there's no play there's Townsend and he, he tends to like Townsend so <laughs> why are you not putting on a player that Doesn't you make sense, yeah no. exactly it's like we're getting trolled there, there, there must be something up with Townsend's fitness, but then you don't put him on the you don't put him on the bench if he can't come exactly. in and play. Exactly, and that's what I think. Yeah, why put him on the bench? And there were times where Kuata was one hundred percent fit, but he was still playing. So it's not like Roy really cares about the fitness. If if he's not fit to play, then he shouldn't be on the bench. But he's clearly fit enough to play to a certain extent. And it's not like the whole game; he was around the sixtieth or sixty fifth or seventieth minute. So it's about twenty to twenty five minutes of game time. So if he can't play twenty to twenty five minutes, then don't have him on the bench. We did get a rare sight on Saturday a Christian Benteke goal even if he did pass it to Jordan Pickford and Pickford let it roll under his body Uh, hopefully that'll be good for the confidence although a couple of minutes later he missed a fairly easy chance and then headed it away from the goal as a Palace player came to tuck it in which would have made it 2-1 I want to stay positive on this and say look you know what it was a not good goal. Let me not lie. But <laughs> it was a fact, goal. Yeah, it was a goal. That's the most important thing. With Benteke, we haven't said that in a very long time. It feels like I think the last time was against Arsenal. I'm not too sure. I'd forgotten he had a celebration. 
I'm surprised. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, I would have been embarrassed to celebrate that, to be honest with you. I, I was like, well, but he's so I don't desperate think he for should care. It's not his celebration, but, though. I don't think people realise that it's actually a basketball player <laughs> celebration that he's nicked. Is LeBron James? He, that's his celebration. <laughs> Doesn't and, matter. He's yeah. been doing it for years, but he's done it about four times over the years. <laughs> but yeah. to be fair, he, he has been uh, playing better, and yeah, he's exactly. been bringing other players into play, and he's been holding the ball up a bit more. So, although it was a, he wouldn't. Have, it's a very soft goal, obviously. It was more of a keeper's error. Um, he, he probably on the on the, on the balance of play did deserve to get a goal. And even the second goal that you, the second chance, not second goal, um, that you mentioned, I feel like that was a very good save from Pickford. Maybe he could have done a bit better with the header, but the fact that he's in them positions and is actually a genuine scoring threat, that's that's a positive going into it. No, he 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 couldn't react. It was such a quick reaction. Yeah. I think that was brilliant what he did. I think all he had to do is connect because it was very hard. And I think all credit goes to the goalkeeper for keeping that out. Just. It's just a shame that Pickford won't be in goal for the other 12 remaining games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, up next, we are going to talk to Jim Cannon, a Crystal Palace legend. Just quickly run you through the scores in the Championship. Bristol City nil, Derby County nil, Huddersfield Town losing 1-0 at the John Smith Stadium to Cardiff City. Luton Town are 1-0 up against Sheffield Wednesday at Kenilworth Road. Millwall 1, Fulham 1 at the Den. Reading beating West Brom 1-0 at the Majeski. And at the Bet365, it is still 0-0 between Stoke and Preston. It's 16 past eight. This is Love Sport London. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. Love Sport London with Miles Blumson. This is the Crystal Palace Fan Show. Crystal Palace Fan Show, DR Kanaz and James Howard with me from the Back of the Nest podcast. And it is our absolute pleasure to be joined by a Palace legend. Jim Cannon joins the show now. Jim, a welcome to the Palace Fan Show. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Miles. Yourself? Yeah, I'm. I'm really good. I'm. You know, I'm a little bit better than Dr. and James. They're still reeling from Saturday. Overall, yeah. the, overall this season, how have you found Palace's performances? Um, bit patchy. Um, good, good start to the season, and a worrying decline from probably end of December through till now, uh, which puts us far too near the bottom of the league when we thought we'd be a little bit higher up. Hi Jim, just looking at Palace, I mean, we've we've been talking about it for the last 15 minutes and I feel like as, as a fan base, we are getting frustrated now because we are conceding goals, which we were good at and out, up front, we're not scoring much goals and it's really a recipe for disaster. So what would you say to the Palace fans that do want Roy out um, in this case? And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, I mean, the fans are entitled to their opinion. Uh, the, the end of the day, it's a results-based business. And if we're not getting results, well, we've had one win in the last 11. Um, I mean, obviously, there was, there's been a lot of factors that didn't help us and the horrendous injury list. Uh, but the bottom line is, we, we set up the same formation week in, week out. Uh, it's set up, from my point of view, not to lose a game. Uh, we don't get people forward. We we don't create enough chances, and we we let teams dictate to us, especially at home, when you should be we should be looking to sort of push on and 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 try and win games. But I don't see that when I watch Palace week in week out at home. Yeah, Jim, exactly my uh, observations. Um... I'm glad you uh, you think the same because it's a wor- wor- worrying for me as well. But um, we've got a manager there that's proven to sort of keep us up. Um, 
I, 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 I expect him to be there until the end of the season, that's for sure. I Personally, I think we should be, I think the owners, maybe Steve, whoever, should be doing some due diligence uh, and looking around for a, potentially a new manager at the end of the season. And we shouldn't be looking at renewing the contract at this point because clearly a lot of the supporters, like yourself, myself, we're not happy with things. And and yeah, you're right. There were excuses earlier in the season where we didn't have a full fit squad. But quite frankly, and I've just pointed this out earlier in the show, you know, we had four or five very, very good players on the bench at the weekend. Uh, Scott Dan, Max Meyer, Keate, Townsend, Riederwald. And, you know, so he had the opportunities to change the team to begin with. And he had the opportunity to change it quite early on in the game if he wanted to. But he doesn't seem to be changing things. So my question to you is, do you think we should be looking for a potential new manager at the end of the season? Well, certainly if Roy wants to pack in at the end of the season, we will be. But uh, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not in a position to ever to say that Roy Hodgson isn't the right guy for the job. Uh, he's, done a, he's done a great two seasons. He's, he's been brilliant for us. Um but I think you're right in the sense that I just look at our team and how we set up. We've got three midfield players, which invariably comes five because the two sort of wide men end up back there because we let teams dictate to us. But we don't play with any flair midfield players. They're all the same, defensively-minded guys. Uh, I just like Max Meyer. I mean, every time I see him, he does really well. Uh, he like, likes to get in that little gap between the, the, the midfield and the, and the front men. He's, he's one of these players that can let balls run and he's going at, and he commits people, which brings people out and gives a bit of, bit of room for other forwards. Uh, but we, we don't do that. He don't, I don't know if he don't like flair players, but the way I see it is we're very similar. We, our tactics are the same. And we never, ever try and get in behind teams. It's always a slow build-up. We get to the last field of the park. There's 21 players there, and we haven't got enough ability to create openings in. Sometimes, as fans, we couldn't overrate our squad and players due to the club that we, we love. And where do you think, realistically, this Palace squad, what do you think they could realistically achieve? Do you think staying up is the realistic goal, or do you think that this squad actually has quality to push on to the next level right now as it is? Uh, no, this squad certainly hasn't got the, the 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 powers to push on. I mean, what what we've got is a team that hopefully will come the last few games of the season, we'll be in a 14-15 sort of position in the league again, like we have done over the last couple of years. But this team won't push on. We We need an influx of better players if we're going to push on into the sort of top half, maybe ninth, eighth, seventh in the league. Uh, I, I don't think we've got enough quality at the moment to do that. And uh, January transfer window sort of showed up what we are. Maybe it's just a case of trying to stay in the, the league this year and maybe build next year. Who knows? Well, it seems, Jim, that every season since Palace have been back in the Premier League, it has been safety is the goal at the start of the season. Now, this is the seventh year, seventh consecutive season that Crystal Palace have stayed in the Premier League. That makes them a established Premier League side. How long do you think it will take... How, how long can just survival be the ambition? How, how long until fans are going to start to get wary and want to actually see some improvement in the goals of the club at the start of the season? Uh, well, I mean, I, I always refer back you, that the point you just made there is Stoke City were in the exact same position as us about five or six seasons ago. Tony Pulis was the manager. Weekend, season in, season out, he finished in a respectable position, midway, sort of out of relegation problems. And in the end, the fans turned because because you've been in the league for five, six, seven seasons, they probably do expect that every year you're going to move on a little bit and uh, we haven't done that uh, we're in no better position now than we were five years ago so it's, I can understand when fans get frustrated and, and some some of the football we've shown at times this season has been especially at home I mean last year 
we were in a, a nice position where we went away, we won away from home, we come at home, we'd lose a game or draw a game. But the, the points build up that we got away made us quite safe. This year it's totally different, you know, like we're not actually doing that well away from home. And we come we come to home games and we we're not doing well at all. So it's uh I can understand the fans getting frustrated. Uh and I think after seven years Fans are generally thinking, well, we, every year we should be getting better, but I, I don't think we are. And uh, obviously the fans are not thinking that as well. Do you think that this is a result of the Premier League and the TV money, that for clubs it's more important to stay in the league than to actually improve and improve on performances each year? When you were playing, with the goal at the start of each season to be try to better where you were last year instead of just, oh, we've got to make sure we get this TV money in from staying in the Premier League? Yeah, well, obviously we didn't get any money from when I played. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you look at players now, I mean, I don't know how players' contracts works, but a lot of players that play in the Premiership, if they're on £60,000 a week, they get relegated. There's probably a clause in their contracts and they get half their wages. So I, I, I think the onus now is on especially anybody in the bottom sort of 10, is just to stay in the Premier League because of the vast amount of money. And and I think experience from lots of clubs that have gone out of the Premier League over the past five years, and some of them are now playing in the sort of first division, uh, it shows that it's uh, if you don't stay in, uh, it's, it's a, an uphill battle to get back in again. So... I think I think it's all about money. I, I don't think I don't think I don't know if our chairman or Roy think right. We want to finish tenth in the league. I've, I've got a feeling finish above the bottom three, and we'll go again next season. Jim, thank you very much for joining us on the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. Palace legend Jim Cannon, over 550 league appearances with Crystal Palace. You don't see players like that anymore. You don't, actually. And uh, I've got a friend of mine that messaged in that uh, said, oh, his first game was when Jim Cannon was playing. He was at Leeds United watching Leeds. And he goes, I can't believe you got him on the show. But uh, yeah, good old Jim Cannon, over 600 appearances. And I remember him... You know, in, when I first started watching football in, I think it was about 1976, when old Division Three going upwards, and he was a fullback and went to centre back. What a team! What players he played with! Um, I've got the utmost respect for Jim. Just something on the back of that is, uh, I feel that the, the the it comes down to owners and having the money at the clubs. I, I agree with Jim. I think we need to get some more money into the club to help support the team. Yeah, well, we'll keep going on that next because we've got a few bits of news, some transfer rumours and some award nominations that some Crystal Palace players have received in the last few weeks. It's uh, 29 past eight. This is Love Sport London. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. Love Sport Radio with Miles Blumsom on your Wednesday evening. Welcome to uh, the Love Sport Radio listeners. Uh, We're now joined up with Love Sport London for the Crystal Palace Fan Show. If you do want to listen back to the first half, if you've missed any, look out for the show on your podcast providers or you can listen on demand on lovesportradio.com or the Love Sport Radio app. Uh, championship games going on, just coming towards half-time. Bristol City beating Derby County 2-0. Huddersfield a 2-0 down at home to Cardiff. Luton Town beating Sheffield Wednesday at Kenilworth Road. Much-needed win if they can hang on. Millwall drawing one all with Fulham. Reading drawing one all with West Brom. And Stoke Preston is nil-nil at the bet 365. This is the Crystal Palace Fan Show. Uh, my name is Miles Blumsom. I'm joined by the Back of the Nest podcast team, DR Kernaz and James Howards. Uh, interesting news coming out that Alexander Sorloth could be sold for around 15 million. Uh, uh, Trabzon have an option to buy, but Aston Villa and Monaco are interested. Would you be happy if he went to Aston Villa and then scored a load of goals? Because he's never, he's not really had a chance at Palace, is he? And goals are a problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he, this is so typical of Palace. So the, the scenario is that Trabzon, they have an option to buy at the end of his loan deal. Mm. So technically, they can sell him on for 15 million pounds and we can't. So that would be so Palace-like and so embarrassing if it did happen. However, I, I, I'm still not convinced that he could do it in the Premier League. Um, so you think he'd go to Villa Park and stink up the place? 
Yeah, potentially. It depends if they're in the Premier League. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's another thing, yeah. Um, but 15 million, I guess that would be a good enough gamble. If Palace, if let's say Villa offered Palace 15 million, we would have taken it, but th- it didn't happen. Now he's gone off um, to Turkey. I guess goals speak and they don't care what league he's in and all that matters is that he's, he's been scoring goals. I mean, from what I've seen, and I think he has been given a chance at Palace, um, if he's worth 15 million, then Benteke's worth 25 million. Well, you did yeah. buy him for 30. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's dropped a bit in price. But I didn't think he'd yeah. I thought he dropped mil. a bit more than 5 mil, to be honest. But if Solov's going for 15 mil, then yeah. But the thing is, confidence can be everything. If he's scoring goals in Turkey, he could come to the Premier League rejuvenated and it could just be that he goes into a different system. Maybe he suits uh, Aston Villa. Having someone, if he was to stay, like Jack Grealish feeding him, uh, could be very interesting. He could. And, I mean, it would, as I said, it would be very embarrassing, but it seems like it's out of our hands now. Mm. It's like, it's like how, <laughs> how did we end up in this situation where this guy couldn't kick a ball for Palace? It's not even scoring goals. He couldn't. He was struggling to kick a ball, and then he's gone to Turkey. Now he's scoring goals, and now they're going to sell on our player. <laughs> he's been out on loan for fifteen million pounds, and we need money. So it's just wow. This is the type of thing that happens in football, though. It just doesn't so, work out sometimes. Yeah, it's so unpredictable. Have you been watching him this year? I know you've said that he couldn't kick a ball for Palace, and he's had a chance, and he couldn't score goals. But have you been watching him this year and sort of thought? You know, maybe we could have used him. Maybe we could have given him another year. I watched him live um, in Turkey when I went there. He he faced in Fenerbahce, Fenerbahce Tubbs on the game. Um, and he was out of the game then. But when you see, look at his goals and the type of goals he's scoring, it's not bad goals. But, of course, the defending is questionable. And second of all, you could see, like, you're not going to get that space in the Premier League. You're not going to get him opportunities because mm. the game is not as open. And that's what I look into when I'm talking about Solov. Yes, he has scored, I think, what, 20 goals now, which mm. is kind of crazy. Um, but as I said, would that translate into the Premier League and how quickly can a player change? Confidence is a, is a massive factor in this as well. Maybe this confidence can make him, he might make him a new player, but I'm still not that convinced that he could come and score as much as goals or make the impact he has had in Turkey. No, I agree because outside of Germany, Italy, Spain, the leagues are, are not up to the standard that we're used to and the defending is much much tighter here in the Premier League and as a striker playing in somewhere like Turkey um, or Japan or America you get so much more space I mean I don't watch foreign football on a regular basis but whenever I have done or I look at goals scored usually the defend the defenders like miles away mm. and if you're a striker generally speaking if you're a striker you're accurate you score goals that's that's what you're paid that's to do that's the point that's how you become a professional exactly. footballer <laughs> exactly so so the point is is that you get the ball and you you know where the goal is and you score so you have to keep a striker in your pocket you've got to be really tight on them otherwise it, so you know for a guy like Solov he's gone to you know the league in Turkey and he's probably getting a bit more space and he's having he's having a field field day or field season. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's gone to his level. That could be it. He's gone to his level. He's found his level. Maybe a half step up, but the Premier League might be somewhat too far. Speaking of players that are doing well in the Premier League, London Football Awards. There's been some nominations from Crystal Palace. Let's start with the ones that you might agree with first, before we get to the one that I know you won't. Uh, uh, Gaita, goalkeeper of the year. I agree with that. Yep. Yeah, he definitely should be up there for that. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. He's. As I've said, apart from the Sheffield United game, he's single-handedly saved us points um, mm. and he's been brilliant for us. So far this season, he is my player of the season and yeah, I think he should win that award. Yeah, well, you look at the other goalkeepers in London, uh, Capers yeah. been terrible, now dropped. Mm. Uh, Larice has been injured and also has a big mistake in him. Uh, Leno's not set the world alight at Arsenal. It is, it's, a, it's a really good shout. Gaeta hasn't, he's made one mistake yeah. and it was one goal. He, he hasn't made any other mistakes as far as I can recall. He's been absolutely perfect for the whole of the season. Yeah, it would be so harsh if he doesn't win the award. That's how I see it. Gary Cahill for Premier League Player of the Year, not just Defender of the Year, mm. London Premier League Player of the Year. This one's a little bit more debatable because there have been some good performances from other sides in London. But to be fair, Cahill's come into Crystal Palace and he's played really well. He has, but it's a bit confusing that he's been nominated because before joining Palace, he didn't have much game opportunities at Chelsea during mm. the year. So it's not even a season, it's, it's a year thing. And I, he has performed good don't get me wrong he's been very good defensively but um, would I take him realistically um, 
above someone like Aubameyang, who has been clinical well, for has been in and out, though. He's, yeah. he's before, he scores goals, but his before, overall performance level isn't necessarily consistent. Well, I, I think with Cahill, I agree. I think he, 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 I can see why he's been nominated, because on a personal level, I think he has been consistent and he's been very, very good mm. for us. Uh, but sometimes you, when you look at Crystal Palace as a team, you think, well, you know, it was a ma- mistake here or a mistake there or a problem here, problem there. And you probably think, well, perhaps Gary Cahill was relates to that mistake. But when I look back and I think back at Gary Cahill, I don't, I don't, I can't remember any particular individual mistakes he's made. And whenever he's played, I just feel more confident that we play better as a defence. Well, do you think Gaeta should be in this character? in this category as well as full Premier League player of the year if Gary Cahill's in there because he's been playing for the full year and he's been consistent yeah I'll take him I'll take uh, Vicente over Gary Cahill for player of the year um, yeah, due to the fact that Gaeta has played more uh, well has we've seen Gaeta more and Gary Cahill he really didn't have the opportunities at Chelsea so it's a bit of a weird one but I guess he's a big name so you want him in awards right the one that I'm <laughs> not sure you'll agree with uh, Roy Hodgson has been nominated for manager of the year uh, this is interesting. He has kept Crystal Palace in the league. He's done the task. He's completed the task, I guess you could say. But in terms of the best manager in London, London has been a pretty volatile place for <laughs> managers over the last year. You think Chelsea have changed, Tottenham have changed, Arsenal have changed. Is it just that he stayed at Palace? Um, well, if you say player of the year and it's up to the actual calendar year, then maybe he sh- he's deserved it. But since since, you know the new year he's we've been pretty awful and i think he's yeah he's uh, this is excluded 100 <laughs> we haven't won a game yet this, this, so this year. two months has been pretty yeah. awful and i don't know yeah so i'm guessing that the nominations were given out a couple of look, months ago <laughs> let me look at it from outside or palace's perspective when you're looking at us we've stayed up in the premier league i think last year we achieved uh, one of the highest point tally in the premier league so i understand why he's been nominated but whether I would give him the award. I'm not too sure about that. But yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Normally, I would say, oh, how are you nominating Roy Hodgson for manager manager of the year? Don't you, don't you fall asleep at halftime watching our games? But looking at it from the outside, I understand it in a way because he has kept us up. And even, even at the start of the season, there was, there was a point where we were fifth and sixth. Um, so yeah, I think he's had a decent year. Yeah, well, again, it's just, it's, it's maybe it's, the best of a bad bunch in terms of London managers at the moment. Uh, Frank Lampard's done well, I guess you could say. He was at Derby for the first half. He's done well at Chelsea. Um, then again, Tottenham, Pochettino got sacked. Mourinho's come in. It's not been great. Unai Emery was a shambles at Arsenal. And now Arteta's come in. He's not done a lot. It could just be that it's slim pickings for London football at the moment. <laughs> it could be. But interesting one, um, Charlton's... Uh... Lee, Lee Bowyer's yeah, done he was very, included. very well. He was included in that, that list. That is interesting. And, and I'm, well, Charlton fans are clearly not happy about mm. that. <laughs> um, it's an interesting one. Would I take... Well, not me personally, but if you're looking at awards, should he be there above Roy Hodgson? Well, he could definitely be there above some of the others. Mm. Lee Bowyer's done a fantastic job at Charlton if you're looking it, in terms of... Depends. Is it Premier League bias again, isn't it? You know, yeah, where, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Crystal Palace are lucky enough to be a Premier League side, so that mm. means that players and managers will get nominated for awards. And uh, whether you like it or not, that seems to be how it goes. Yeah, it works like that. I think it's one of the big name mentions like Gary Cahill. Um, I'm not too sure if he's been Premier League player of the year, but he's got that name of Cahill. And when you look at awards, of course you want the big names there. So I guess you have to include Roy Hodgson. Yeah, um, I know that you're not overly happy with Roy Hodgson mm. at Crystal Palace. So uh, it's, it'd be interesting to see if he wins this, if he does win, uh, do you think the higher ups at <laughs> Crystal Palace will look at it and go, well, he must be doing something right. We're going to keep him on then. There's a new contract. I don't think they're going to get rid of him until at least the end of the season. So it's not going to be... I mean, I certainly wouldn't recommend anyone sort of get, get panicking over this and saying, right, you know, we've got to get rid of Roy right now. But uh, he... It's a tricky one. Uh, and it, yeah, he has had a good calendar year, but last couple of months, it's all gone a bit downhill. We just got to see what happens, but I think you know we will, we will have to review the whole thing at the end of the season. Yeah, well, six points off relegation. There will be a review at the end of the season. It could go either way. This Premier League season has been 
crazy. Hmm. Absolutely crazy. So at the end of this weekend, because of course it's the winter break, so Crystal Palace don't have a game after playing last weekend, uh, I think the closest Palace can finish to the relegation zone, as I've done some quick maths, uh, which is not my strong point, (laughs) I think it's four points. I think they could finish the weekend four points above the relegation zone, which is not where Palace thought they'd be uh, a month ago. But... At the same time, it only takes two wins on the bounce and all of a sudden you shoot up the, up the Premier League this season. Yeah, but the thing is, we haven't got... That's a big thing because we haven't got a win yet this year. Like, I haven't seen my team win in 2020 and we're two <laughs> months into the season and we've had the FA Cup as well against Derby County. So that's why I'm just not confident all of a sudden. Um, it's, it's not even bad luck, is it? It's, it's as if we're setting ourselves up to draw or, or not lose a game. It's mm. not like we're... We're setting ourselves up to win a game. That's the worrying thing for me. And yeah, I, I, that's a massive thing because when you watch us play, it's not, yeah, as James said, it's how we play and it's not really, I'm not really confident on going forward because we haven't changed it and mm. we're going to play like this. And let's say a team below us just gets that one or two game, goes on a five game, maybe win streak or even two game win streak and we're right there. Well, the thing is, the next two games are two very winnable games. Sellers Park uh, is the uh, is the game against Newcastle, and then uh, travelling down to the Amex to play Brighton. Win both of those, and we could be looking back at this and laughing. And go, hey, do you remember when we said we might it might be a relegation fight? There's no winnable games for Palace. I've I've oh, given up on. on. No, Grimsby, we struggled with ten men. They had ten men. We struggled <laughs> to beat Grimsby. Um, like there's no winnable games with Palace due to how we set up. And you talk about Newcastle. I remember the Newcastle game away from home. And talking about a player like Luka Milivojevic, he struggled in that game. So I, I don't know how that's going to work. I'm Brighton. I am scared. I have been scared to face Brighton for a while. And I can admit that because they have outdone us tactically. And I know they're not doing that greatly right now. But over the last couple of games, what, even, even the last game against Brighton, we were lucky to nick a point against them. Brighton are on a bad run as well. So that could be a game where it's two teams trying to turn around their fortunes which could make it a very very good competitive fierce game football especially as it's a bit of a derby as well yeah it would be a nine pointer not even a six pointer because of <laughs> lots of various things included right uh, we've been talking a lot about Hodgson so far on the Crystal Palace fan show today uh not the most happy, not necessarily unhappy. Let's go through a few managers that could come in to replace him next and see if you think that anyone would be better. It's quarter to nine. This is Love Sport. We've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Live across the UK on Love Sport Radio. This is the Crystal Palace Fan Show. Miles Blumsom joined by the Back of the Nest podcast team, DR Kernaz and James Howard for the next uh, 12 minutes or so. Now, we've been speaking a lot on the Crystal Palace Fan Show tonight about Roy Hodgson, about how uninspiring his tactics can be, uninspiring the way Crystal Palace have been playing have been. There's no excitement in the ground anymore, potentially whether he is the right man to go forward. Now, I've come up with a few managers who potentially could be looked at to come in and a lot of them are the usual suspects I will be honest because Mm. they are the names that get banded around for Premier League sides especially if uh, you know there's three or four more losses this season and the owners decide to pull the trigger early and go right we need to change Uh, someone like Sam Allardyce coming back in is obviously going to be talked about Um, you know would he be better than Roy Hodgson or is it more of the same I miss Big Sam's football I enjoy I I don't (laughs) it sounds crazy but when others talk about um, Sam Allardyce and the type of football he plays and how boring it was, I can't relate. I really enjoyed his football at Palace. He knows how to set up a team to defend and attack. And he got... The, I remember beating Arsenal at home 3-0. I remember Wilfred Zaha. He got the best out of Zaha. He got the best out of Benteke. He scored 17 goals. I would love Allardyce, without a doubt. Yeah, I agree. Sam Allardyce is a good manager. Um, and he proved it back in the days at Bolton when he got him into Europe. Mm. However, unfortunately, Sam left. And my understanding was that he wanted to move back to the northwest because of children, grandchildren, yeah. etc. So I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, It would have to be a short-term fix, wouldn't it? Yeah, and also we haven't... 
Well, we did back him, but I guess he left in the summer and... He left under a cloud. It was like, was yeah. he given the money? And then he said his excuse was he wanted to be with... And I, I've got some personal reasons that I heard about why he wanted to go back to the Northwest. So I'm not going to mention that here. But but the point is, I, I don't think we can go back yeah. to that one. I don't okay. think that option's yeah. available. Uh, Sparky Mark Hughes will obviously be linked if the job comes available because he's li- he's been linked with every other managerial job down the bottom half of the Premier League. Just make me a manager. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, just keep Roy. Yeah, this make... is what I mean. Is Roy Hodgson the better option? Well, well, Roy Hodgson. In terms of, I've criticised him a lot, and I'm sound fed up and whatever. But I'll still have him at the job until the end of the season, at least. Yeah, because he will keep us up. And right now, we've got uncertainty with the American owners. Where if we bring in a new manager, have we got enough money to back them? I'm not too sure. So, in general terms, I will keep Roy Hodgson right now, but. If we're having Mark Hughes instead of Roy Hodgson, it's like, it's, 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 that's yeah. torture. Tony Pulis coming back? He oh. won't come back. Yeah, no. there's no chance. No. No. I mean, he owes us money. He was, so taken, he was, he was taken to court by the owners yeah. and, and he I, lost. I know, I know, but these are just the Premier League names that will be banded about. They will be. Uh, uh, Chris Hewton, who, of course, will last popped up at the rivals at Brighton. I, I, I personally would, would favour Chris Hewton more than most. Yeah. He's um, got his Premier League experience. He did a good job at Newcastle, and I think he did a reasonably good job at Brighton. He's young. We've always said we want to get a younger player, a younger manager. Sorry. Um, so Chris Hewton would be would be probably in, in my top five, maybe top three. Okay, S- scary thought, but I guess I guess yeah. If realistically, I could see the owners getting Chris Hewton other than likes of Mark Hughes. Do you think he'd come after Brighton though? Yeah, I think oh, he yeah. would. Yeah, I mean, he's at yeah, Palace yeah. games. Yeah, he's, he's been apparently he's at Palace games with his assistant, and that's scary. That's kind of scary to what, what is he doing? He's, pre- he's predicting the <laughs> yeah, future. Yeah, he's ready. Yeah, he knows what's going to happen. So you I both think. like you both like Chris Hutton. <laughs> no, I don't really like him, but I guess if there's no other I, option, then I, you know, if you're going to go for yeah, I mean, he's a proven. He's got good experience, and that's what we need. We don't want to take risks like we did before. What about someone like Marco Silva? Obviously, was very good at Hull. Well, got a good reputation at Hull. Did well in the first part of his tenure at Watford until his head was turned by Everton. It was a bit of a shambles at Everton. But um, again, you've said Premier League pedigree and he would offer a different style of football. But I think he's been more sort of linked to sort of teams relegated from the Premier League. And I think he struggles tactically and he was severely under pressure and I think he just couldn't cope with it so for me it would be a no I don't know yeah, about Ever- you Everton backed him and he couldn't perform I, would, I wouldn't take him I, I just wouldn't I, I don't would trust him no. yeah other names could be uh, Javi Grazia of course being sacked by Watford this season oh. it's the first manager Watford had this season mm. um Nah. Not really. No, no. no. See, <laughs> right. um, I've got a couple of left field choices here. Okay. Say Leeds don't come up. Yeah. Marcelo Bielsa yeah. is well, a very experienced manager who's done a lot in the game. Could you go and poach him? This this is a part of the segment where I'm excited about. I want left field choice. I just want something different. I don't yeah. want the normal names that's always being brought about. I don't be a Leeds or someone, even though they're not doing that well recently, I still would take I want us to take a gamble on a manager. If that's Bielisa, uh, I would do it. Would uh, you say that's a gamble? He's been in the game for such a long time. Yes, yeah. he's at Leeds, but he's almost too big for Leeds. He used to manage Argentina. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's. He, I watched the game last night, the Leeds game last night, and the way Leeds played as a team was fantastic. It was exciting. They were quick. They were using all the players. They linked up well. They dominated the game. And it was at Brentford, and they're a good side. Mm. Uh, so, you know, Leeds have had a blip, and um, I completely understand, you know, the worries and concerns, but... If I think that Leeds will go up this season, and I hope they do. Well, they're making it very difficult for themselves. They, they are making it difficult. <laughs> they are. But if they don't go up, my only question mark is we're looking at someone of a similar age as Roy. Not as old as Roy, yeah. but yeah. it's that kind a of age style, thing. style, though. But, yeah, but, but personally, I'm with you, dear. I really, really would fancy someone like him. Yeah. Okay, another left field choice, young manager as well would be the Cowley brothers at Huddersfield. So, they've only just started at Huddersfield. They did fantastically at Lincoln City. They've come into Huddersfield. They've brought them out of the relegation zone. They're, yes, OK, they're losing right now to Cardiff 2-0. But <laughs> in terms of what they've done, everywhere they've gone, they've been positive and they've moved up the leagues. It's very left field. And in terms of giving a chance to someone different, they are young, so they tick that box. Mm-hmm. Would you would you look that... Or are they not big enough yet for you? In, yeah, interesting option, but I just feel like not yet for Palace. Don't think they've been in that higher level. And I say yeah. the championship, 
meaning a higher level mm. for long enough. I mean, if you're going to look at someone, uh, you know, like that, I would suggest somebody like Lee Johnson at Bristol City. Yeah, yeah, very good manager as well. Really like Lee Johnson. Mm. Uh, young young manager's been there quite a few years now at Bristol City. And he's had to sell a lot of players to keep that club afloat. But it, but again, tonight, I think they're winning and, and they're up there. They're just below the, the sort they're, of playoffs. They're go, they are currently, as it stands in the live table during yeah, the game, they yeah. will be sick. They're and in the playoffs. He, he, he nurtured Tammy Abraham there, got the mm. best out of Tammy Abraham. He was a, the championship uh, top scorer. I think the only question, mark again, it's a risk because he hasn't been proven in the Premier League. Yeah. But that's why I'm saying if you're going to go down that route, then 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 and take a chance then maybe someone like lee johnson and if we can my my one of my top choices would be eddie howe if we were able to get him or bournemouth got relegated yeah well in the, in that vein you could have someone like gary monk as well who's done okay in the championship and did i thought did quite well at swansea that was unlucky to lose his job but if we're being completely honest do you want to see hodgson go no i i don't because i'm just not i'm not um, what's the word? A sacking I'm, person. No, not really a sacking person. I don't like if it comes down to it. Yes, and technically I do. But however, the current situation we're in, where the American owners want out of the club, I don't see a new manager coming in and him getting back down. For that reason, I'd rather keep Roy because at, at like that, at least we've got a chance of staying up, even though it is simmering down by the game. I don't want Roy to go right now. I don't think it's the right decision at all. Right. But I want us to look for somebody in preparation for Roy going at the end of the season. And I don't want Roy to be given a load of money to spend on players. Is that personally. because you don't think he'll be here to see it through? I don't think he'll be here to see it through. I think we'll be stuck with a load of co- expensive players on long-term contracts and a new manager won't like it. I think we have to really plan for the future here. Roy is, is, is not going to be for the long term. We're now seeing uh, the, a, a negative side of Roy that we haven't really seen too much. And if it continues this way and we just stay up, which I hope we do and I think we will, I think we need to we need to look at this very carefully because there, there needs to be a lot of money to, coming in and spent on players and I don't want to give it to Roy. Well, we can always say still he is nominated for the London Football Awards <laughs> yeah, exactly. Manager of the Year. Guys, thank you so much for the last hour. That is it for the Crystal Palace Fan Show. Of course, if you're expecting a preview of a game, there isn't one this week. Uh, Premier League winter break is in full effect. So next Wednesday, we'll be previewing the Newcastle game, which is when Crystal Palace come back. Next Wednesday at 8 o'clock will be the next Crystal Palace Fan Show. Thank you to James and DR from the back of the Ness podcast. Up next, it is an elongated and extra specially long version of the final, not the final whistle, the post-match fan show with myself and Charlie Hawkins coming up on Love Sport. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.